Hello and welcome back to the Optimizing Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Marty Kendall. On this show, we take an engineering approach and speak to the experts about the insights into weight loss, fasting and nutrition, as well as real life people about their journey of nutritional optimization. Hey, this is Marty Kendall from Optimizing Nutrition. Today, I'm really excited to uh, share with you my new book, Big Fat Keto Lies. Um, Really excited to finally have this out there. Been a work in progress for a few months, pulling it all together and editing and refining. And uh, I suppose it's the culmination of the last five years of my nutritional learning journey and um, a lot of intense analysis and, and research and uh, working with a whole lot of people, learning from a whole lot of really smart people. So I'm excited to share this with you today. So um, why did I write this? Uh, this book is really the, the book that I wish somebody had handed me five years ago when I started this journey, trying to optimize our nutrition for my family um, to help my wife control her type 1 diabetes. Really a compilation of the most useful lessons that I've learned. The things I once believed um, but I found later that were wrong and had to unlearn. And I've compiled a bunch of simple action steps that will really help you step through and troubleshoot your nutritional journey based on your context and your goals at any time, whether you're trying to control your diabetes, lose weight, bulk up um, on whatever dietary approach, including low carbon keto. So just to take you through the, the 12 lies that I cover, I suppose the, the lies are really not intentional lies, um, but really half truths and things, things that we believed in the past but now we have a better understanding of how things really work and how we can use that data to, to move forward. So the first one is that optimal uh, ketosis is a goal and that more ketones are better and this is something that has grown up in the keto movement over the last five years particularly as everybody's got a ketone meter and can measure their ketones and say hey I'm in ketosis that's awesome but the problem is that we don't really know whether those ketones are coming from a dietary fat, um, which may be great if you're wanting a therapeutic ketogenic diet for the management of Parkinson's, epilepsy, dementia, Alzheimer's, or things like that, or whether that those ketones are coming from your body fat. And the reality is that over time, not just your your urine ketones, but your or your ketones, but your blood ketones decrease over time as you adapt to ketosis as well as as you improve your metabolic health so in our nutritional optimization masterclass we see people after two or three weeks their ketones start to drop and if you look at the verta trial over three years you see that uh, the, the ketones rose for the first six weeks or so but after three years they're pretty much negligible so to continue to load in more dietary fat to try and maintain elevated ketones because ketone ketosis is your number one goal is often counterproductive if your goal is to lose fat from your body keto number two is that you have to be in ketosis to burn fat the reality is that um, you know we burn fat in the krebs cycle all the time we don't have enough protein and carbohydrate in our diet uh, we we don't have enough oxaloacetate to to work in the Krebs cycle to enable us to burn that fat there. So we 
switch to a backup mechanism called ketosis and that's when we see our ketones rise but the reality is that we're burning fat all the time whether we're in ketosis or not in ketosis so that's not a must keto lie number three is you should eat more fat to burn more body fat and um, yeah definitely if you're eating more fat you'll burn more fat but that's not necessarily going to be coming from your body which is what most people want from the ketogenic or low-carb diet if the goal is, is weight loss. Keto lie number four is the protein should be avoided due to gluconeogenesis. And this is a big area of confusion. Lots of people worried about the blood sugars and uh, insulin because of gluconeogenesis due to protein. Um, the reality is that your body, you know, struggles to convert um energy from protein into ATP and to raise your blood sugars. Most people with a, a normal healthy metabolism will see their blood sugars fairly stable after a high protein meal. If you've got insulin resistance, your blood sugars may rise a little bit. If you're insulin sensitive, they may even drop a little bit. But uh, that's definitely not a reason to avoid protein. In fact, if you're insulin resistant, you'll be leaching more um, energy from your protein into glucose which means your body's going to crave more protein to get the protein and nutrients it needs so potentially you need to prioritize protein for a while to enable your body to lose body fat and improve your insulin resistance and and uh, maintain better blood sugar control so that's detailed in a, in a whole lot of detail in the book Lie number five is that fat is a free food because it doesn't elicit an insulin response. And this is a big area of confusion. I suppose something I've been able to see from watching um, my wife's continuous glucose meter 24 hours a day. Um, over the short term, you see blood sugars rise due to carbohydrates quite quickly, but they'll come back again quite quickly. Protein will raise blood sugars and insulin for maybe eight to 10 hours. Um, fat doesn't raise insulin and blood sugars very much but it definitely keeps insulin elevated for quite a while and you won't see your blood sugars drop very much because you've got all this fat to burn off so your body doesn't need to turn to your stored glucose in in your in your liver and glycogen um so so you, you know, fat isn't a free food and over the long term um you need to prioritize high satiety nutrient dense foods that will, will enable you to just eat less overall if you want to burn your fat from your body keto lie number six is that food quality is not important it's all about insulin avoiding carbs there's a real i think a lack of focus on quality in food in the low carbon keto movement and um, people think that if they just you know eat low carb keep insulin stable um, they'll automatically lose fat from their body. But it, the reality is that food quality is incredibly important and we should try and prioritise the best food quality we can afford and can possibly put in our body um, and that will lead to greater satiety and uh, you won't have to worry so much about insulin because it's really a, a following marker rather than a leading marker. Line number seven is fasting for longer is better. I was one of those people who... Um, tried fasting and it was a, a growing craze and I even fasted up to seven days and people think that hey if I fast I get this extra autophagy and but the reality is we don't really know much about autophagy in, in humans uh, 
uh, a mouse fasting for 24 hours is equivalent to seven days in a human. So um, there's no way we can fast long enough to know that we're getting this magical autophagy in one stint. Um, so our data-driven fasting uh, is an approach that enables people to balance that fasting and feasting so they don't, you know, get to the point that they're so hungry they binge on nutrient-poor, energy-dense foods that will leave them on that roller coaster of weight where they're gaining and losing and gaining and losing the same few pounds over and over again, which is incredibly frustrating. So, um, yeah, interesting insights there. Keto lie number eight is the insulin toxicity is enemy number one. We talk about insulin toxicity, but as Ted Naiman's pointed out to me and, and I've learned that energy toxicity is really the enemy number one and that insulin just works to hold your energy in storage while the food's still coming in from your mouth from low satiety, hyperpalatable, nutrient-poor foods. So the more you can prioritise nutrient density and satiety, you then reverse that insulin toxicity because you've reduced the energy toxicity in your body. Line number nine is that calories don't count. A lot of people find this magical weight loss when they go on a keto or low-carb diet, but that's um, you know to a large extent because they've moved out of that fat plus carb hyperpalatable zone that enables them to gain satiety. Um, it's not the extra fat or the, the lack of carbs necessarily, but they've eliminated those hyperpalatable foods and they've started to focus on higher high protein foods that drive greater satiety. So um, it's definitely useful to look at your macros and make sure you're getting adequate protein, not so much carbohydrate that your blood sugars are a roller coaster, and then look at dialing back your fat or adding fat if you need more energy to, to use because you're really active and want to grow. Keto lie number 10 is that stable blood sugars will lead to fat loss, and I suppose... I realized after seeing all these people at low-carb conferences with uh, continuous glucose monitors trying to keep their blood sugar and insulin perfectly stable, and to do that, they were just you know eating fat bombs and bulletproof coffees and avoiding all protein and just pretty much all carbohydrate, and it just wasn't working for them. Um, they'd continue to gain weight and look more inflamed, and, and what we saw when we looked at the data-driven fasting data is that there was no real relationship between the stability of your blood sugars, as in the amount they go up and down, and body mass index or weight-to-height ratio. So um, it's definitely useful to have healthy blood sugar ranges. You don't want them to be cycling way up. And if your blood sugars are really out of control outside the healthy range, then you definitely need to dial back the added carbohydrate in your diet, but if they're fairly stable, then focusing on nutrient density and satiety again will really manage everything you want to manage and lead to the fat loss. Keto lie number 11 is that you should eat fat to satiety to lose body fat, and as you can imagine, um, I tried that one too, but ended up quite heavy and obese and inflamed looking. Um, and when we analysed all the data from half a million days of MyFitnessPal and 90,000 days of data from Nutrient Optimizer um, from people who had been using our, our software. 
we've found that um, fat actually has the lowest satiety value of any macronutrient. Protein has the greatest satiety, um, so increasing your protein percentage is, uh, is the real bonus. And a lot of the time when people move to a low-carb ketogenic diet, they start to eat more protein and are able to, you know, have that magic satiety where they aren't consumed and possessed by the thought of eating more food. So that's where the magic happens. Uh, it's not the extra fat that's uh, improving your satiety. And the last keto lie number 12 is uh, if in doubt, keep, keep calm and keto on. And I see a lot of people, you know, they get locked into this rigid dogma of this worked for me initially, I lost weight, but then they stall out and everybody says, yeah, just keep doing it, eat more fat, you lose more fat and you know, all these confusing nonsensical things. So you know, if, if you get to a point where your diet is no longer working for you, you need to understand where you're at and where you want to go. And I suppose the systems we've designed enable you to understand exactly you know, what to do next to continue to fine tune and refine your diet to get those long-term results that you want. So who am I? Why am I writing this? I'm, um, I'm an engineer, not a doctor. I live in Brisbane, Australia. I've got a family history of uh, type 2 diabetes and obesity. I was always that fat kid that wanted to lose the weight. Um, but more interestingly, I'm married to Monica, who happens to have type 1 diabetes. And when we get married, we didn't really understand what type 1 diabetes meant completely. I had no idea, and she probably didn't have a lot more of an idea. But when we started thinking of having children, um, we thought, hey, we have to get a handle on this so we can get her blood sugars under control and uh, have the best chance of having happy, healthy kids with uh, no birth defects, which is a pretty scary motivation. So um, here they are now. They're healthy, happy teenagers, vibrant, robust. Mikey's like this tall and Jazzy's the, the smartest thing out. So we love them to death. And, um, yeah, it's been quite a journey. It's definitely changed us. Moni's uh, total insulin daily dose has gone from 50 or 60 down to 25 or 30 per day, and she's just got so much more energy and life and vitality um by through the journey that we've, we've been on and um, been able to share together um during the day I, I tend to watch a closed loop insulin pump system and i've learned a hell of a lot through just seeing how in her body um what she eats and what she doesn't eat affect her insulin requirements and her blood sugars and uh, so it's been a fascinating learning journey that i've been able to systematize and put into practice in the six-week nutritional optimization masterclass using our nutrient optimizer software it's been really really powerful and really exciting to see people as they focus on dialing in their macronutrients and the micronutrients for nutrient density and satiety they're getting great effects and made a whole community of wonderful friends that uh, i love to death and just love sharing this with them so yeah it's great to be able to pack it all into a book more recently we created data-driven fasting it was an idea we had probably five years ago when we've um, systematized it and got it out there and we spent so much time creating a nutrient density and nutrient dense recipes and high satiety recipes and recipes tailored for any goal but then when we said hey we can show you how to create a negative energy balance without having to track your food you just have to 
um, check your blood sugars. It just blew up and we're thrilled about to uh, launch another data-driven fasting challenge and people getting really, really good results. So really exciting to see that implemented and all that theory is embedded into the book from our experience, the data analysis and all the implementation and learnings from working with real people. So who's the book for? It's for people who have been following maybe a ketogenic or low-carb diet and they want to fine-tune and refine their diet to keep them moving forward. This will help you understand maybe why you've stalled and how to break through it. It's for people who are managing diabetes to enable them to stabilize their blood sugars and insulin requirements, but also if they need to lose weight, which is often the case with type 2 diabetes, this will help you to fine-tune your diet and choose the right foods and meals and recipes that will empower you to do that with a full understanding of, of how your food affects um, not just your body fat, but your insulin and, and blood sugars. And um, for all those nutrition nerds and nutrition enthusiasts, this might uh, teach you something new and, and have a an engineer's unique approach um, to nutrition through the, the lens of nutritional optimization. So, so thrilled to be able to get this out to everybody and uh, to compile it all into one book, 207 pages, 46,000 words, heaps of graphs and pictures and diagrams and case studies that uh, just so thrilled to share with you guys. And um, yeah, you can pick it up at bigfatketolies.com and um, hope you love it. Thank you so much.